Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. Sup. Also with me, Kid Presentable. Hello. Happy birthday, young man. Thank you, sir. It's been a wonderful day of self-care. Yeah. Stefan turned years old. He's old as fuck, people. Whatever number you're assuming, assume higher. He's so old. So it is. I get mistaken for significantly younger, and I believe that's by some choices I make in my lifestyle and fashion choices. But uh, better to be thought of as younger than older than I am, I guess. Look carefully, people. He's old as dirt. Okay, look at him. Um, also joining us this week, returning Lavender Gooms. Hey guys. Um. All right, boys and girls, we're gonna talk a little bit about our girl Angela Hill losing. To Michelle Watterson in a close fight. Um, Ed Herman with a slick veteran move that Mike and I were laughing about for a solid 15 minutes. We the referee watching. bailout? That's, that's, that's uh, a veteran move. The referee bailout. You got me right in the dick. You sure? <laughs> Doesn't look like your dick. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about some news. We're going to talk about uh, this fight night card this weekend, which is really excellent. Despite the fact that I hate everything involved in the promotion of the main event. Um, but first, you know, I talk to the guys before the show and I say, man, like, what's the news this week? You know, um, and we got some news about Conor McGregor. We're going to talk about, you've definitely heard what happened. Man getting arrested. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, talk about Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson having each other's back. But I'm surprised this group of people didn't read the headline. George St. Pierre seen on the set of Falcon and Winter Soldier dressed as Batrock the Leaper. How, guys? How? How did none of you get this? We um, didn't see it. None of you look? <laughs> you you didn't mention it on the pre-podcast thing. So, so, so I'm guessing so, it's fairly so, new. So, so, you didn't, so you guys didn't search for news. It's entirely if I have to find news or not. I, I, I didn't know that was really something that would just pop up if you type in MMA news. Like, is that really that big a thing? I mean, that was constant. You know, you, you watch the end of the movies, Bobby. It clearly says, Batrock the Leaper will return. You know, like, return in Winter Soldier and Falcon. You're like, what? We're on. This is episode. I didn't. I didn't even know that George Saint Pierre's character had that cool a name. I just thought it was French Canadian thug. <sighs> Jesus Christ! This is disappointing on multiple levels, folks. Episode 399. We're on now. No one's finding news about the goat. All right. Anyway, I didn't see it on MMA fighting. Where'd you find it on? Was it Junkie or something? I just go. I go. I went to Reddit MMA where it was. The second post listed. On what top. site? What Reddit. site? Was it Entertainment Tonight or I, something, Bob? Or was it an MMA site? I, that were we you listening? Pre- I just said Reddit MMA. Well, Reddit MMA is just an amalgamation of a bunch no, of people saying shit. That's, that, that's where people, I mean, people post articles. So it came from JustJared.com, which is where you link to. And you can see GSP and some lady named Emily Van Camp, who I think is the blonde girl from Winter Soldier. Right? She played uh, Sharon Carter. Yeah, good, yes. good. He knows that one. He doesn't Mockingbird. know GSP well, playing was, well, fucking Batrock the Leaper. 
All right, well, Emily Van Camp is like, I was going to say actually famous, Jorcene Pierre is famous, but Emily Van Camp is like, you know, she actually had, oh, I don't know, a speaking part in the Captain America movies. God, I, this is a multiple levels of disappointment. All right. Well, I mean, next time I'll go to, what was this, what was this jackass name's website? Justin.com. Just, just Jared. I'm just, just Jared. Saying, I'll go to just I'm, Jared. All I'm asking, MMA you go to Reddit, fighting. you just go to Reddit, you go to the subreddit, Reddit, MMA, three letters, look, MMA. Look for just Jared, the fucking. <laughs> just, you know what? Any, anything in the top five is news. All right. Just Jared sounds like a horrible R&B, like, album. Just Jared. This okay. this is the fucking news that that Bobby wants us to look for. I just Jared. This is the worst. Um, Michelle just Waters. Ridiculous. Michelle Waterson beat Angela Hill. I guess. Um, Eleven media members had it for Hill. Ten had it for Waterson. Uh, three judges scored it. Two of them for Waterson. One for Hill. One of the ones who scored it for Waterson. Apparently, spent part of the fight taking a shit. Because I don't know how he got the second round for uh, Michelle Watterson. People with eyes gave the first two rounds to to Angela Hill. Uh, third and fourth round to Michelle Watterson. Fifth round is a toss-up, honestly. I thought Hill won. I think, Mark, we talked earlier, you thought Hill won. Mm -hmm. But it was close. I mean, I wouldn't call it a robbery. It just kind of sucks, Steph, that... Okay, Steph's chewing. Mike, it kind of sucks that consistently Angela Hill... Uh, this just happens to her. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought that Hill won um, three of the rounds as well. I thought she won the fifth. Okay, well, in um, fairness, we weren't we weren't paying attention until the fifth. <laughs> like, let's be honest there too. Well, I rewatched I re the fight earlier today. Um, yeah, because I was not in a good state of mind to watch it on a on a Saturday, but I thought she won the first, second, and fifth round. Um, but for sure on, on Saturday, um, when we thought it was two, two going into the fifth, um, I told you, doesn't matter if, 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 uh, Angela wins this fifth round, she's going to lose this fight because she doesn't win close fights. Um, and that's what happened. Um, it wasn't a robbery. It wasn't, you know, an, an egregious affront to, to Angela Hill, but it's just how the cookie crumbles for this poor girl. Yeah. Uh, Steph, your thoughts. Um, yeah, uh, I think I can't remember verbatim how I said it, but I think the fight kind of bore out how when we were making the picks, I said Angela's got better striking. Um, Michelle kind of is pretty pattering with her attacks, but Angela, and this being the caveat, Angela has severe grappling deficiencies in which a fighter like Michelle, who you can get controlled herself by better grapplers, that was going to be her avenue to stealing this fight from uh angela and that's exactly what happened um you know once once she was able to get the body locks and get the trips out of them um we really kind of saw is you know angela's not inept on the ground she knew how to defend things but she wasn't great at getting back up she wasn't great at necessarily stopping the takedown you saw her go for the wizard a couple times to try to stall it out but uh, michelle's hips were just way too strong for her um in every scramble they got so um i'm fine with three two uh to michelle i think I would have liked Angela to win just because I have some, you know, frustrations with Michelle for whatever reason. Um, and then, you know, by the Nate Diaz school of things is Michelle's face was fucked up a lot worse. You know, the, the best strikes of the match definitely all came from Angela, but she gave up a lot of time. Uh, she gave up a lot of ground time to Michelle over the course of the fight. So I'm not mad at a 3-2 for her. Um, the 4-1 the is egregious, but I think 3-2 is 
basically yeah. the right call. Yeah, not a robbery. Fifth round was close. The other four rounds, again, people knew where they went. Um, the something that they do, um, the Jackson camp does, that I've noticed in the past, but with no audience is fucking just annoying and almost egregious, is that any time, I get why they do it, any time their fighter does anything that's even slightly positive, they all yell and a- yell about it and act like they won the fucking Super Bowl because they want to, I mean, I get it. They want the judges to hear that that person, you know, their fighter did something good, but literally like one jab and she's like, excellent jab, Michelle. Great job. Amazing. And I'm just like, okay, all right. Like maybe shut the fuck up a little bit. Um, but big win for her. She, uh, she needed this, uh, to maintain. I mean, if she had this loss, we were going to have more talk about, you know, where she, you know, is she, where, where, uh, you know, not laundry room, but going down, headed there, headed towards the laundry room. Um, Marcus, Ed Herman, Mike Rodriguez. Yeah. Ed Herman's still fighting. And finding ways Surprisingly. to win, <laughs> which was funny when Michael uh, uh, Bisbing was in the booth. I was like, I'm pretty sure they're on the same season. Yeah, tough. that's like, what I told Mike. Is... I'm like, they were on the same season of tough. These two dudes. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, kind of surprisingly, you know, Ed Herdman has, has been here the whole time. I don't think he ever got cut from the UFC or had any fights outside of the UFC. I mean, possible. I, I haven't. I'm not super familiar, but essentially, he had a long stint at light he- uh, at middleweight, and then when that wasn't going super well, he's moved up to light heavyweight for the last like couple years. Um, yeah, and this fight with Mike Rodriguez was, you know, a very trying fight for him. Uh, and obviously, what was interesting about this fight was I did watch these fights uh, the next day. So I read up results and basically just saw Ed Herman won a controversial submission. And I was like, oh, he must have. And, and I saw a picture of Kimura. So I was like, okay, he probably had this thing cranked and the dude didn't tap and the referee stopped it. So to my surprise, I was very surprised come the second round. Um, when Mike Rodriguez was doing fucking fantastic work to the body. This was a southpaw that was, you know, throwing left kicks to the body, was throwing great knees in the clinch. He was really putting a lot of work in. And in the second round, basically finished Ed Herdman with two knees to the body. I mean, Ed kind of, and I think his reaction is what caused the referee to make this really bad call. He, w- he, he went down, but he didn't go down like grabbing his liver or his body. He just kind of sat down like, I'm done. And for whatever reason, the referee was like, oh, that's a low blow. Like, wasn't grabbing his groin or anything. I mean, that surefire way to tell if a fighter got hit in the groin is they usually grab their groin and are holding it in pain. And that's how you can indicate, oh, this guy got kneed in the in the groin. For whatever reason, I think some of the body language that Ed Herman came down with, the referee thought this was a low blow. Um, you know, as viewers, we got to see the replay and see that there was one knee that hit the body and kind of dragged down and kind of hit the cup a little bit, but that does not really institute a, a strike Wait, did, to the groin. It hit the cup even? I didn't even notice that part. I was so there was off. There was a first left knee that hit the body, and then when his when he was bringing his knee back down, it kind of grazed his cup. And you can see his cup get moved. It was not like I mean, it was It was after the strike. It was not – that I would not give an illegal blow to. And then the, yeah, the next knee was say, just like, like clean. So some shit going down on it, like does that even affect it? Like because – I don't essentially, think so. Essentially, all you're really getting is like a brushing on, you know, on the on the Frank. Yeah. And like, yeah, like I said, when happened. when Herman went down, when he sat on his ass, he did not grab his groin. You know, he just sat there like all the you know, all the all the toxins in my body's got released out of my liver. I'm just going to take a few here. Um, but it was, it was I mean, 
ultimately it was a bad call by the ref. They also mentioned in the booth that the referee, due to the Las Vegas rules, could not view the replay because this was not a fight ending sequence, which is very weird because it kind of was. If this wasn't a groin shot and then Herman basically sat to the ground and basically gave up, that would basically indicate that he was done fighting and the referee could have stopped it. I but- mean, if it had been the opposite, it would have been true. Like if he had, had if he had actually hit him in the dick and ended the fight, then he could review it. If he did, right. let, let's say the opposite happened where he thought it was, he didn't think it was a nut shot and it was a nut shot, he could review it because it would have ended the fight. You know what I mean? That would have. Yeah. Yeah. So, but weird shitty rules. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, the referee couldn't see the replay, so he didn't know. Ed Herman took like, for it not being a low blow, he took almost all five minutes to, to recover, which he needed because he was exhausted and got the, the shit kicked out of him. When they resumed the fight with not a lot of time left, Mike Rodriguez put it on Ed Herman, basically almost finished him there, and the referee could have stopped it there. Didn't. Um, he let uh, Ed uh, finish the round out, and he went into the third. And, you know, you have to give – I mean, I think a lot of the story is like, oh, man, Mike Rodriguez got fucked in this fight. And he kind of did. But at the same time, it's not like the referee stopped and gave it to Ed. Ed had to go back and win this fight, and he did. And I think a lot of it – you can contribute to Rodriguez, like his mindset being like, he just finished this fight. It got stolen from him. I mean, look, I've been in athletic competitions where something screwy like this happens. And when your mind gets switched off from fight mode, it's hard to get geared back up. So some of that might've been playing in, but ultimately Ed Herman got saved by the referee, got a second chance at this fight. And he did what he had to do to win this fight. I mean, I, you you can knock Ed for not being truthful and not coming to the referee and being like, "Yo, I didn't get hit in the groin. Just stop the fight." Yeah, nobody really I'm is blaming. Stop. Nobody's blaming Ed for anything. Um, this is one of these occasions where you're happy Dana White's around because these are the type of Dana White flying off the handles that are more are more entertaining. Where he went off and called this mazagati level shit which i'm sure mazagati's at home like fuck man i haven't been at a ufc fight in six seven years you got to dump on me um he lost dana lost his mind about how terrible this was and he went apparently he went to rodriguez and said you won that fight like you won the fight in the second round and it, it sounds like the ufc is gonna treat it as if he won which i don't know if that means homeboy got paid I'm gonna try to find that out. He did. Uh, he did. Dana said he got his his win bonus. Good. And, and whether I mean, obviously his ranking probably won't indicate I mean, a win here, but I don't think it'll move. And I think they'll slot him appropriately with his next opponent. Yeah. So it's. I mean, Ed Herman is kind of like let it happen. He's like, what am I supposed? To? And then like even Rodriguez is like, I don't blame Ed. He says, quite frankly, I would have preferred Ed didn't use the fence the way he did. I guess to get the Kimura was I guess was not okay. Ness. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention at that point. But that if, was I may just, if I may just say, I mean, no one should blame Ed Herman because that's just a heady play, man. Like, you're getting your ass kicked. And not just that you, you, you play off that you got hit in the balls. Then you end up using all five minutes. Yo, you just got to applaud a man that has that level of duplicity. I mean, this wasn't, but this wasn't like Josh Koscheck literally faking an eye poke. Remember he did that for like two, two three straight fights where Koscheck was acting like he got eye poked? There was no eye poke? I, Amazing. I thought about Josh. I thought about Josh Koscheck on Saturday, and I wondered to myself, "All right, which which cheating is more egregious?" And I think that Ed Herman's is, if not worse, at least funnier because he got away with it. He well, Ed Herman didn't cheat. Away with it. Yeah, what's the flack on Herman? Sorry, I had to no, there is no, no, there's no, no, there's no flack on Herman. No, Herman, no one's saying he cheated. Herman just I mean, let all this play out. He didn't say yeah. a word. He, well, no, he said something. 
Bisping, for what it's worth, he asked him straight up about it in the post fight. He's like, "Hey, that was kind of questionable. Like, um, you know, did you did you milk it? Did you feel good?" He's like, "He's like, I got hit by a knee and I just dropped." He's like, "I don't know what dropped me. All I know is that I dropped." He's like, "He was getting his fucking ass kicked." Like, <laughs> no, and you know, it makes me think of like, you know, people say James Harden in the NBA is like James Harden travel. He travels, and James Harden was like, "What do you want me to do? Call traveling on myself?" Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like. That's a ref. Yeah, no, this was this was this was on the referee entirely and completely. Bad, bad refereeing. Um, big win for Bobby Green over Alan Patrick. Alan Patrick's real good. He fights very infrequently, but Bobby Green got his third or fourth win of twenty twenty, I think. Pretty um, sure it was his third. Yeah, and he wants to fight again, I guess. Um, and they were talking. They were talking. Bobby Green, I guess, hadn't heard the story of uh. Navid Afkari, um, the Iranian wrestler, um, like amateur wrestler, who got put to death this past weekend for uh, participating in a government protest. A story I've been following pretty carefully considering, you know, I'm Iranian. Um, and despite Trump and Dana White begging the Iranian government not to do it, Iran's run by a bunch of rel- religious zealots who can all fucking die. So they ignored him. But uh, Bobby Green's reaction was just like, man, I don't like that just sucks. He just heard about it, I guess, before the interview. And he was like, it's a horrible story, man. They really killed that guy. And like, he really didn't care to even talk about his fight at that point. Bobby Green was just like, man, you know, hard. He's like, I can't really talk about that. When some guy got killed, he didn't talk about his own fight. You know, so. Bobby Green is definitely a man that sees the bigger picture. <laughs> like he sees he's seen some real life shit. So when real life shit hits him, he's not going to be like, okay, let, let's talk about the superficial shit that's going on in my life. He's like, you know, a dude that has gone through and seen death firsthand and hears about it. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like he has the most level-headed of a lot of guys. I was like, this isn't, having learned that information, my moment is insignificant to an innocent man getting his life taken. So, I mean, I think just more more, more reason to like Bobby Green, who's just a fucking fantastic athlete and star and just, I think, doesn't get a lot of credit for his mental... Um, attitude yeah too. i'm really <laughs> hoping mark doesn't google i'm hoping mark and stuff on don't google bobby green and black lives matter make them feel uh, sad but did you ahead, mention, did you mention how cringe that bisping moment was when he tried to segue off of it he's well, like well, that's nice you feel that way bobby but let's talk about your fight well what like, do you want <laughs> mike's just here to like do his job buddy all right just here to do his job. I know. It's just painful in these live journalism moments <laughs> where you get these little cringe moments like that. By the way, I like uh, Bisping as a commentator. I think he's – I mean, I don't think we've talked about it. I mean, I'm, I'm a big – people know I like Bisping, but that was as a fighter. Um, I think he's pretty good as a commentator. I think he does a solid job. He doesn't like – like a lot, I don't really – I don't think there's a lot of their commentators right now, like the fighter ones where I think they're doing a bad job. I do think – they should not be fighting anymore, at least. You know, Paul Felder, you're good at your job, but I don't want people to call you out while you're interviewing them. It's weird. But they overall have a pretty decent crop, just my two cents. It's good, and it's also contrasted of um, Joe Rogan's deteriorated as a commentator. Uh, you know, he he, he, he's, he wants to retire from it too, right? They've constantly been negotiating him to say, so um, yeah, it's nice to have fresher voices and just different takes because when you kind of have the same rotating crew, you kind of get used to how they call fights and you get used to their 
you know, predictable uh, statements, expressions, reactions, all that stuff. You know, like what? Why was Goldberg? They called him the soundboard, right? Because mm. he just had the same quips over and over again. So you know, it's just refreshing to have different voices. Um. All right, let's talk about some news this week. Um. Already talked about GSB. Anyway, um, we'll talk about. Uh, Did they say anything about the release date, Bobby? That's what I really care about. I, the show was supposed to come out this like last month, and they didn't say anything. I mean, it's nice that they're finally filming again. Okay, so they're what still filming. That? So it's yeah. gonna be. A, um, so uh, Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson is a fight that the UFC's eye was eyeing, and everybody got really excited about. And Dustin Poirier and Ferguson are like, "Cool, let's do it." And Poirier's like, "Hey, man, remember I was like a champion, like." A fight ago, a fight and a half ago. Can I like? Can I get paid if you want me to fight this other guy in a fight that would is huge? Quite frankly, for MMA fans, Ferguson and Poirier, and the UFC's like, nah, we, we aren't paying you any more money. And the UFC's like, it's fine. We're just gonna get Ferguson a different fight. And Ferguson's like, I would like you to pay Dustin Poirier. So that's where we're at now. Um, we'll see how it plays out. I'm gonna assume nobody gets paid. So. Just the way this all lines, uh, this all plays out. The other story this weekend, um, which I was on my morning walk on Saturday, I want to say, trying to read this while walking. Um, Conor McGregor, who's been on a yacht in uh, Corsica, which is France, with his wife and I guess there's two kids now. Um, yeah, I kept seeing kids and I was like, he had another I, one? Which I know he had one. I know he had a second one. So Mazel Tov on that. The rest of this, not so much Mazel Tov. Conor McGregor got arrested. He's there doing some sort of like charity thing, or so, I was trying to figure out why he was there. Quite frankly, it was it sounds like he of, just wanted to go yachting. From no, but he was. It was some sort of charity thing. I was I, whoever wrote the article couldn't fucking put sentences. I mean, together. if dude wants to go to the south of France and yacht it up, I mean, yeah, but he, well, he was <laughs> yeah, there. He like, like for me no, but they were doing it. some sort of public service, something or another. I guess. Anyway, homeboy got arrested for attempted sexual assault, and. Basically, public indecency, I guess, is the French, the French description of whatever they use, their words they use, but basically it's public indecency. They arrested him, they questioned him, and then they let him go. And I don't think he got charged. And then he just, his, like, and this was, like, right after he said USADA got on his boat. Like, a couple, like, like, maybe, like he was tweeting about that, like, hours before, about USADA coming to take a test. Which I'm sure that you saw the people are like, yo, who wants to go to France on this yacht? <laughs> who wants to go to a yacht? Everyone raises their hand. Can you uh, clarify? I mean, the, you say what the charge is, but those are such broad terms in terms of what is the um, supposed act. He like From what I read, it sounded right? like he flashed someone. Yeah. It, was that it? I got nothing when I read it. Because I mean, when also, you say attempted sexual assault, that can be defined as so many variety of acts. And not to say that any one is better than the other but i'm just saying it's a very broad blanket well i didn't hear that i mean that, that, that's what i was how... trying to understand and read from it like what is it that supposedly what was the incident you know well, i have no it's there's like there's... and it's indecent exposure so i think a lot of it was well like... i mean they called it something else it was like sexual exhibition but i think it's like basically uh, people have trans have said that's basically indecent exposure and then like i don't know what happened and then like his like everybody was just like his manager was like this is bullshit they're just trying to get money from him yada 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 I don't know, man. I saw it, and I was just like, well, managed to get arrested while on a yacht with his wife and kids. That's a new one. Uh, Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I saw this, and it's just, it's unfortunate, and 
I mean, it sounds like he is planning to come back, right? If USADA is testing him, and I think well, he that, didn't pull himself from the pool, at least is what it means. Okay, because I mean, I think that is an unfortunate thing when we see these athletes get to this highest level and they're not as active. Like we with John Jones, you know, he wasn't active, and you have to fill out your day somehow. And if you're not, you know, hardcore training when you're in a training camp. You don't really have time to fuck around. You know, you're not going to the bars and promoting your proper 12 or whatever. You're in the gym. You go home. You eat. You sleep. You know, it's a very regimented thing. You know, when when these guys find themselves with a lot of money and no longer have that singular thing to focus on, like a fight coming up in 12 weeks or something, stuff like this tends to happen. And I think it's unfortunate. We've had a lot of Conor McGregor mishaps, you know, and it, it looks like th- this could be a big nothing burger, too. Like, like you said, Bob, he was apparently on a yacht. They brought him in for questioning. He didn't get charged with anything. It could very well just be someone trying to, you know, manipulate the system to get money from, you know, a well-known, you know, multimillionaire celebrity. I mean, it's been like four days, and there's like literally, I'm trying to read right now, and all I've been able to tell you now, Mark, is that he was there to take part in a 180-kilometer, 24-hour charity water bike race. He's not there to take part, Bobby. He's there to take over. I mean, Bobby, the only thing I heard was it sounded like he made up a sport. (laughs) I was trying to figure out, but he's going to be twenty-four hours. He's there with the he's there with the water bike race. Well, he's there. He was he was supposed to. So I think it's I don't know what that is. But he's with the prince. He made that up because he wanted. He's with he's with. Well, actually, like some real rich person shit right there. (laughs) So as I was saying, he's doing it with uh, Princess Charlene of Monaco to help promote the awareness of water safety, which. I mean, I don't know. Biking Dang in the water. Princess of Monaco, Mike's right. That's some. Um, that's some um, first world shit. That's we're not even. Wow. I mean, okay. That's yeah. the, the weirdest event I can ever. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like it's like it could be everything. It could be nothing. But I saw it. I'm like, it all right. Is, like, I'm like, is he gonna get charged? It, and he hasn't gotten charged. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to say about this. It so. seems like Conor McGregor realized, like, yo, like I'm here with this made up sport, like on the water. Uh, I'm here chilling with the princess of Monaco. He was probably feeling himself, and he's like, "Yo, let me just whip out my dick. Like I can do whatever <laughs> I want." And then he's like, "Oh no, I can't. Oh shit." It, it honestly, what it sounds like to me, it sounds like the Prince of Monaco just wanted to meet Conor McGregor. So, like, let's slap together some twenty-four marathon water bike. Sure, sure. Let's get that. Shit That's weird. I I did not know what that's sort of doing. It, it sounds like it might be a bunch, bunch of nothing burger, but ultimately, at the end of the day, what it tells me is like, I, I really hope that. Connor gets into a fighting camp because I feel like a lot of these issues with him going to a bar and stuff like these are the things that he should not be focusing on at this stage in his career. If he wants to continue fighting, if he doesn't want to continue fighting, then bygones be bygones. Go do your water bike races all day and, you know, do what you got to do, you know, but, you know, I I just feel like I've we've seen it time and time again. These guys that get super rich and popular off a sport, you know, once that driving force to accomplish getting the belt or becoming the greatest or getting two belts or something is gone, they tend to get in trouble. Um, well, and, and we've seen that with Connor, and I hope it, that's not the case. Well, in the world where they're not going to book him for a fight because they want the gate and there's no gate right now. Yeah, that's true. If this guy's not in fight camp and he wants to go on a boat with his wife and kids, uh, more power hopefully. to him. Yeah. Hopefully, this, hopefully the allegation is false. And if it's not false, hopefully justice prevails. But it'd be nice if, like, like the flashing thing you mentioned, Steph. I haven't even seen that. Like, I this all was such a like a. I'm like, what? Like, I it, it, like I'm surprised there's like so little, honestly. 
So that's why it's you know it's the story's developing right, or maybe it's over and done with. But it's hard to come down and condemn him just because there doesn't seem to be any account of well, what there, there exactly was the one, is going on. Well, because I thought when I saw sexual assault, I'm like, oh, did they arrest him for that thing that was like two years ago? You know that thing where I they say it was the previous thing. I didn't think yeah. it was a, and I'm I didn't just like, a new incident because I'm like, oh, they must have found evidence or decided maybe this is worth pursuing. But I'm like, no, this is something totally new. And I'm like, well, what, what the fuck is this? I don't know. Anyway, another day, another negative MMA headline, um, which there were so many of them. Well, not even headlines, just I don't want to get on my soapbox too much. Um, let's uh, let's make some picks because this uh, this card's great, quite frankly. The the fight card, get the, the fight nights get real good right before they want to convince you to buy a pay-per-view, which I won't be buying. Um, the main event this weekend is Colby Covington. And Tyrone Woodley. Um, I'm not here for any of this shit, man. I don't care anymore. Um, he's a massive favorite, Steph. Colby Covington. Uh, minus 330 favorite, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 360. Minus 360 plus well, 300 no, Woodley. This fight should have happened three years ago. It didn't. It's happening now. Mark, what's your pick? Covington was the favorite, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going with Covington. Um, I don't want Covington to win. I very much would like Woodley to knock him out in in an embarrassing fashion, if at all possible. Um, I do think Covington presents some, you know, difficulties with Tyrone. I mean, three years ago, Mark, I picked Tyrone Woodley to win this for sure. But three years have passed, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've become a lot more confident in Covington's, you know, fight ability, even though I, I like him less and less. Uh, but yeah, I've been extremely impressed with what he's done in the cage. The Usman fight... It could be potentially a roadmap for Tyrone Woodley. I mean, I think if he can stall him out against the cage, get him down, I think those are good things that Woodley potentially can do. What I like Covington in this fight is that this is a guy that really pushes the pace. He gets in your fucking face, and he throws punches and kicks at you the whole time. And, you know, is Woodley going to be able to take that and land his big punch? Maybe. And that'd be fucking fantastic. And I'm going to be jumping up and down like everyone else if that happens. What I can see is Covington just kind of overwhelming Woodley, not giving him the space and opportunity to create his shots to create takedowns to get the fight where he needs to be. Um, so yeah, I am going with Covington and you know, the line kind of makes me feel a little bit more confident in that. I think potentially it could be a really close fight. I do hope that Woodley is going to be able to outpower Covington and land some big shots, control the clinch, potentially even get him down and, and do some good ground and pound, which we've seen Woodley do, do very effectively, but I have a feeling the wrestling might not kind of negate itself and it might come down to striking. And while Covington is not a particularly great striker, he's very active. And I think he's going to run those numbers up and the judges are going to be at the end of the day, like coming. I mean, Woodley maybe lands one good shot in a round, but Covington landed like 48 mediocre shots in the game of the round. That's how I'm going with decision. Covington birthday boy. What do you got, man? Yeah, it's not really exciting. Uh, Woodley seems washed. Like granted it's high end competition, but I feel like coming off of the burns, like, was it a KO, TKO? Well, no, um, uh, did you feel like the man just was, like, trigger shot? Like, was it like he couldn't pull the trigger also in the burns fight? It wasn't just that he lost. It was like it he's bad. just standing there. Like, why it's, are you throwing punches? It was it, it was part of the decline of against Usman, he couldn't wrestle. And then against Burns, he couldn't strike. And so that's what the kind of picture is. Maybe not watching the sense that he should retire, but I think we can't. Are you, fa- think- are you familiar with the yips, Seth? Yeah, just where yeah, you it, it almost felt like he had it. the yips. He almost felt like he had the yips. Like I'm like, what? He's just standing there. What I, the fuck are we doing? Like I wouldn't say that. He's in his late 30s, in a very physically competitive, like probably the most competitive division 
in MMA, possibly lightweight being the argument, right? I mean, these are like the best athletes in the UFC kind of are housed here. And he's been nothing but top flight competition. I don't know if it's yip, yips. It just sometimes when it goes, it goes. And that's what kind of looked like with Woodley is couldn't take down Usman. Usman took him down. We used to say that Usman is the better future version. Oh, no, it's present now. So maybe he's not done career, but I think any of you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like all of us coming out of that Burns loss were like, okay, he's done as a championship contender. Yeah. He's at least done with that stage. And so, yeah, I agree with Mark. It's Colby's just going to output the fuck out yeah, of him. Yeah, it's, it's not an accident that Colby finally agreed to the fight. Colby avoided the fight for three years. He declined it six or seven times. Mike, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Donald Trump's favorite fighter. Um, as much as I would like Tyron to, to, to win this fight, um, to use the analogy that I think is starting to gain, uh, gain a little headway with us, um, he's in the hamper, um, ready to get washed. I'm going to take uh, Colby Covington, but I think the line is a bit inflated, personally, But because I don't think any of us would be shocked. Like, if it's a minus 350, you're a minus 350 favorite, the other person beating you should be fucking shocking, almost. You know what I mean? It should be a giant massive upset and i don't think any of us would be like okay woodley beat him any of us would be like well that was didn't see that shit coming from him you know but uh, i yeah i got uh, covington i heard in an interview the other day um that tyron had where he swore up and down that he was gonna let his hands go in uh in this fight like he hasn't let go in a in a long time but i feel like he's promising me something that's not gonna happen it'd be great if he did man i mean we like um, I know you guys, I don't think any of you guys watched it, even though I suggested another reason I'm so like down on Tyron Woodley is again, I watched that rock show where they were like the American gladiators that show and Tyron Woodley got handled by this Opie looking agricultural high school teacher in a town of 52 people. And you, I mean, he was, a, he was a lovable goofy guy. He looked like a potato, but he was really strong and he just absolutely annihilated Tyron Woodley. Not once, but twice they brought Tyron back later in the season to get his ass kicked by this kid again no i and didn't see, you yeah. can't even win the reality show Tyron Stephen, i think i think with that competition show i mean obviously skill sets vastly different you know he's sure. not going to be like doing the bicycle with his arms or any of that weird shit but what you saw in that competition was like a better conditioned athlete beating tyrone woodley because <laughs> i mean bobby for years decades almost you were like Dude's going to win the first and half the second, and he's done for the rest of the fight. And it's up to the other guy to finish him or not. That was I was not wrong <laughs> for a long time, you know, and then he, he did turn things around. You know, we have to give him credit for that. He 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 made some tweaks to his, you know, how much how much he's putting in. He's very much, explosive. And yeah, he's explosive, but he wind. has to time those. Yeah. He can't just explode, explode, explode because he'll gas himself out. And I think that's what makes Covington such a, a stylistic nightmare for him. This is a guy that's going to put a constant high level pace on you. Woodley's going to have to pick those explosive moments and he has to win with those moments. You know, I, I think it's going to be hard to win a decision with Covington in five rounds because he's going to be able to put that pace on him. But, you know, I, th I think, Bob, you're right. The, the line is is very skewed here. Um, and it's not like Woodley can't land one big shot and end this fight. You know, that's very. Yeah, know, it's like well this guy's very hittable. Him. Like he's got hit a ton in his last fight. You know, and Usman's not exactly throwing one hitter quitters. Just putting that out there. But yeah, I mean, we all got. We all got Covington. Co-main event. Um, this is going to be wonderful. Um, assuming Donald Cerrone Googled who he's fighting. Donald Cerrone, who's lost four straight, but thankfully only three of them by knockout, um, is taking on Nico Price. 
and Nico Price is there to hurt people. Um, Nico Price got his face all fucked up taking on Vicente Luque, who's another one of of these guys who's just out there to hurt people. Um, He wins one, he loses one, he wins one, he loses one. Betting odds for this one, Stefan. Um, Keeping up with that analogy, I think the lines makers are starting to question uh, Laundry Day for Donald Cerrone. He is the underdog, and I was surprised to see that. Probably just due to the name value, but plus 130, Donald, uh, minus 150, Nico Price. I got Nico Price. Stefan, who do you got? I've been calling the demise of Cerrone for some time. He's surprised me a handful of times in there, but did you say he's lost four in a row? Four in a row. The Conor McGregor one was the third fight. The fourth one was the uh, Pettis fight. Yeah, I mean, if it's fifth, he got to be calling it quits soon. But, um, yeah, you know. That's kind of an unfortunate the, outcome now that I say part it. Of it. Part of this, Steph, though, is you got to wonder. They like Donald so much. Maybe they see something here like Donald could take this guy or there's something about the guy's game. You know what I mean? Oh, no. T- t- it's like you said about Woodley. Cerrone's knocking this guy kid out who's very hittable in his own right. Absolutely would not come as a surprise. And it's not that big of a line. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm going with father time here. C- Cerrone's had a lot of mileage on the, uh, that body. I'm also hoping Mark picks Cerrone here just so at least I can try to make up some ground. Let's see if he agrees. Marcus, what do you got? <laughs> no, I mean, not 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 a fight where I'm going to pick that tactical, even though we've all been picking the same fights and that gets kind of boring. But it, it, it's hard to go with Cerrone. I mean, a four-fight losing streak is really tough for anybody. Um, when you look at the guys he's fought, it's cream of the fucking crop. I mean, the, these are like the top title contenders for 55. Um that all being said, this is at welterweight, right? Or is this at lightweight? This is welterweight. This is welterweight. So, I mean, I think Nico's a big welterweight. I think he's just a tough guy. Um, it, it, it's hard to put a lot of stock in Cerrone right now, ha- having these uh, these losses. I mean, I think this is more relevant of the type of talent I want to see him fight. Um, I don't think he's going to get it done here. Um, I disagree. I don't. I mean, I agree. Any fighter in the UFC that loses five fights should probably be seriously considered to you know, hanging it up at, at least, you know, or, or getting cut from the promotion. But this guy is such a moneymaker for them. They're not going to cut him. And I don't even know if it's, it, it probably would be fair, but he's such a big star. And the guys he's losing to are cream of the fucking crop. I mean, except maybe Pettis at, at his stage in the career where he beat Cerrone wasn't, you know, quite that was the, the right person for him to fight. It was. That was, that, and, and, that and was the lost. right matchup. That's good. Right. I remember when they booked it, we're like, this is the right matchup for everybody involved. Yeah. Like, and, and this Nico Price one's not quite that but it's like okay this guy doesn't have as big a name but he's more in his prime than i think maybe cerrone so i am going I mean, with nico Price, this, this fight is here to be a banger because the main yeah, event may, and, might not be and it should be great not looking yeah. forward to it, but i do the have main, nico main event might be a snoozer they're gonna put a nice commercial for the pay-per-view about a minute after these guys are done beating the shit out of each other just put that out there um mike if donald cerrone loses this match does Dana White start to have thoughts in his head very similar to when, um, wow, I'm, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, when Chuck Liddell was, um, no, whoa, I'm telling, I'm telling you, dude, that. Chuck Liddell and him were like friends. This, I don't think it's even be comparison. Dana's gonna ring Donald Cerrone out like a sponge. I don't know, He's gonna get I every bit like, out of him. I, I feel like there's maybe not the same relationship that Dana had with, uh, with Chuck, considering he used to, I think, manage uh, Chuck. But I feel like that Donald Cerrone has been a company man through and through um, and has helped Dana out in a lot of spots. But, I mean, Dana doesn't seem like the type that, you know, with guys that he likes and maybe considers friends, um, you know, he's just going to, 
you know, put them out there to get destroyed. So, man, he sent Bisping two weeks after GSP domed on him and choked him out to uh, to China to fight Kelvin Gastelum on no notice. And Michael Bisping is as much of a company man for them as anybody else. So, I'm just saying, I'd be surprised. That is an entirely good point that I had not thought about. Donald Cerrone will have massive brain damage before this is done by age 50. Donald Cerrone, you're not um, going to retire Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone is one of these guys who's going to fight like Diego Sanchez. He's going to fight as long as he can. That's what I read from him. What do you think, Mark? I don't think he's stopping. <laughs> no, I mean, that would probably need to be a, a decision for Cerrone. And losing five in a row, especially depending on how he, if he loses this fight coming up and how he potentially loses it, if, if it's a horrible knockout... I could see potentially spur of the moment Cerrone being like, yeah, I'm calling it quits. It, who knows? I mean, I haven't read any interviews where he's been talking about retiring, but I also don't see Cerrone as that type of fighter that's going to tell you ahead, like, oh, I'm thinking about retirement. I think that's something. I think he plays everything by year. You know, you want to fight in two weeks? Yeah. You know, I lost five fights in a row and I just got knocked out horribly. Maybe it's time I, I, I pivot. But also I mean, he's, got a ki- he's got a kid now, too. So he does, and I don't... <laughs> You know, I, I don't want to knock the guy, but like I don't know what backup plans he's he's building, right? I mean, I, I think he's marketable, but if he's not fighting, is Bud Light going to want to put him in a commercial, or you know, how is he going to make money after the fact? Is is he going to you know open up his own gym? I mean, who knows? I just what I see when Donald Cerrone is like a a thrill seeker, right? I don't see like a business minded person. So and, and, you know, I could be absolutely wrong. I don't know this guy for shit, but you know. I, I feel like fighting's his life, and I don't know how easy that's going to be for him to give up. But I, I, he's always seemed like a clear-headed guy as well, who might just be like, he'll know when it's done. And at the end of this fight, if he doesn't, if he does not perform well to his standards, maybe he's like, I just don't got it anymore, and I got to call it quits. I don't know. I, I, I can see all those scenarios playing out because I do see Cerrone as someone that really does play life, you know, one second at a time. You know, one minute he might be sitting at his ranch, the next one he's skydiving. You know, I think things get fall in his lap and he just makes decisions and kind of spur of the moment. So I don't know. Anything could change, but I don't think the company will force him out. I think that'll be his decision. Um we got all of us in this one, right? Do we all pick I the same guy? No, I think we all picked Nico. All right. Yeah. See that coming. That was a pick em fight, man, basically. Um right. Um this one's got some controversy around it. Um, Gerald Mearshart versus the new toast of the town this past couple months, Kamzat uh, Chemev. Um, the, the controversy being that the UFC has already booked this kid for another fight, basically. Um, they already booked him to fight Damian Maya in uh, November. How, how are uh, they? Uh, how are they doing that? Uh, let me tell you, uh, Gerald is uh, or Gerald. He's not happy. He's like this is fucking bullshit. That they're just assuming I'm going to lose. Which UFC's like, no, we're not assuming we're going to use. We just, you know, we know that he'll, this guy will probably be healthy and blah, 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 blah. Um, in fairness, this isn't in fa- I'm not going to say anything in fairness to the UFC. This kid's murking people. All right. He is uh, 8 0. Um, yet to beat anybody, any of us, anybody's heard of. But he's 8 0 and he's winning fights real quick and he's fucking people up. Um, Mearshart's a good fighter. Mirshot's a good fighter with 44 pro fights. Um, he's got 44 pro fights. He seems to trade wins and losses a lot in the UFC. Beating guys like Deron Wynn and Trevin Giles, but losing to Eric Anders, Ian Heinish, and Jack Hermanson. Betting odds for this one is off the charts, right, Steph? Uh, minus 420. Uh, 
Shemaev is nice. Like like you said, he, he, he he's here. They know what they're doing with this kid. They they have an opinion of him. Um, but who am I to disagree, right? Like he looks like he has an elite skill set. And Bobby, you know, you talk about soapboxes. He's another Chechenian soldier, positive propagandist, and those guys all is he? really well. I thought he's in Sweden. Is he? Yeah, he has ties to the whole regimes. I mean, everybody's got ties. This sport uh, is full of, full of horrible people. They love him. His he he's lived in Sweden. Apparently, there's a story that uh, was it Kareem Zidane? Not is it Kareem? Oh yeah, I saw yeah. Kareem's thing, and I remember. Yeah, yeah they think okay. sent him to Sweden to be the propagandist to be like, go to the gyms and spread yeah. the word about us. Yo, everybody enjoy Kareem Zidane's reporting for as long as we can because. That man's had threats against his life, and this isn't me exaggerating. Oh yeah, when you're when you're going after a warlord with the power that this guy does, you know, just saying, let's enjoy this man while he's still around. God willing, nothing happens to him. But yeah, um, this guy supports a horrible dictatorship. Good to know. Um, yeah, I'm, he's a huge favorite. I'm taking him. If I'm gonna pick against him, I'm gonna wait for him to fight Damian Maya so I can make that mistake. I'm gonna say two but for I'm, one. He's gonna beat Damian next. Yeah, so. <laughs> That seems well, Damien's like forty five. What the fuck? What are we doing here? Uh Mike, who do you got? <laughs> oh yeah. Um I'm gonna go with the guy who is the massive favorite. Yeah, that's Mark. not even a question. Mark. Yeah, I, I I'm going under the assumption that he's also part of the, the Dagestani wrestling club and it has that style which Honestly, I think is an evolution of this sport. Um and they're leading it and it's I don't know if um this guy's gonna be the one to stop that. All right, uh, this next one's really tough. Johnny Walker um, suffered back-to-back losses, got knocked out by Corey Anderson, then got uh, he lost a fight to uh, Nikita Krylov back in uh, March. He's taking on Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann's on a fucking tear. Ryan Spann has won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fights. Right? No, I'm sorry, eight fights. In a row, um, five of them, or four of them in the UFC, I guess five if you count the Contender Series. Um, he's there to tap you out. That's what Ryan Spann's here to do. Um, he trains out of Fortis MMA um, in Dallas, which is actually a gym owned by uh, Darren Williams, former NBA point guard. Just people didn't know that. It's a fun, fun fact for you. This is a pick em fight. Right, Steph? Uh, more or less. I think uh, Johnny Walker's slight favorite, minus 120, even 100 for Ryan Spann. So this seems like my – I mean, whenever when these fights get booked, I always like try to figure out – you guys heard me do before – say, why did they book this? Um, And I think some of this is for the UFC to be like, all right, Johnny Walker, you're not getting a handout. Let's see what you fucking got because – this is the new light heavyweight division, bro. And there's other guys out there. You're not the only guy in his 20s. This guy's 29 years old with an 18 and 5 record. And he's got names on his record. He's, you know, he beat Hogerio, as old as Hogerio is. You know? So yeah, I, I don't think I, I think this is gonna be a close one. Um Mike, could you got gotten this? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Ryan on on, on this one. Um I think the the luster on Johnny Walker has uh, has come off, especially in these last uh, two losses. Um, starting to think maybe he was a bit of a of a flash in the pan. You know, came on real strong, but 
Everybody um, decided to just wait about four minutes before they start fighting him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that unless he's made some big improvements um, to, to his game, um, I think he's been figured out a bit in the UFC, and I think it'll continue with Ryan. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I'm trying to think if this is where I want to split from the group. There's no group. It's just Mike, and it's a pick em fight. No, I know, but you guys are probably all going to pick Ryan Span. I can tell because picking Johnny Walker is kind of stupid. He's a favorite. <laughs> yeah, but he's only the favorite because people know who he is. No one knows who Ryan Span is, and that's why the line's all messed up. I'll go with Walker. This will be my tactical, my tactical decision here. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in it um, because I mean he's he's on a he's on a two fight lose streak. Um, and you know I, I think that the momentum is in different places here, um, and I. <laughs> It's hard to take a guy seriously when he hurts himself in his victory dance. It just really is. When you, when you, when you don't do the worm correctly and you fuck up your shoulder, it, how am I supposed to take you responsible for any physical activities? Like, I don't know if I should trust him lifting a couch, let alone getting in an MMA fight. But I'm still going to pick him. It's my tactical uh, pick here. He'll probably win by some bullshit way, kind of like Michelle Waterson did, and I'll get a point regardless. But that's what I'm picking. My pick was going to be whatever you didn't pick. So it didn't matter to the other guy. He's got to get lessons from Otis on how to do the. Well, work. then, isn't it fucking convenient, Bobby? You get a you get to pick matchmaker and who gets to pick what first. You get to make your little tactical. I don't like this. This should be round robin. I don't like Bobby dictating I, I, who I, picks I, what when. I, I I picked the last one first, and that was another close one. And you, you all agreed with me, Mark. You, um, he's saying you determine the pick order, so you get to arbitrarily choose when you want to hear someone's pick first. For your it's, own it's benefit, true, there's a little Bobby. commission. There's a little commission tweaking here that I, I I'm mean, pointing isn't out. That, isn't, that, isn't that kind of the little benefit he gets from being the host, yeah, though? Yeah. I mean, it is. It yeah. is. Doing all, doing, it literally doing all the work. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bobby, I'm not really griefing you because you know my stance. Anybody but Mike. <laughs> this is a three-person club. The Champions Club is a three-person club, Mike. 400 episodes in. Everybody getting real mouthy. Steph, who do you got? Um, Yeah, man. I, I'm pretty off of Johnny Walker. Mark's suspicion was right. Bobby, you were picking Span. You were never taking Walker. You would have felt horrible about Mark, picking you Walker wanna, had you. Mark, you, you want to change your pick? You want to change your pick? No, I'm not going to change my pick. But Bobby, when when you tell me to go first, and then after, like I was going to pick whoever you didn't pick. I was like, well, now this seems like there's a little. Why well, you can always change it. Change it now. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sticking with my pick. We, we've had people, we've had people change their pick on a Wednesday. All I'm before, saying, Bobby, so. is I'm seeing through the, the 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 games you're playing, mostly because you're spelling it out right in front of me, and I just have to put the dots together. And be like, hey, wait a second, that's weird. I you thought I was being fair. I'm like, well, the other one, I'll go first. Being too fair. Mark? You should have hidden it. Mark is being real salty considering he's in first by a pretty sizable margin. Jesus. All right. Mike, did you pick? I lost track of what was going on. Mark was I, I did. I picked uh, Ryan. I was actually the first one to pick. Okay. Stefan? Yes, Ben. Um, Walker, I, he, I was wrong on him. I, of all this light heavyweight crop, he's the one that I circled, and I'm like, I like this guy. He's kind of been exposed. Um, he doesn't have much of a grappling acumen. Doesn't have a great gas tank, right? He's flashy he's flashy in the first um doesn't mean he won't win he might just knock the guy out in a minute yeah like i mean and maybe he grows right because he was a less he's in my eyes a less exaggerated version of another guy a brazilian kid michelle Pereira. his last fight michelle finally reined it in he finally cut out some of the bullshit he was a bit more measured with his strikes and he lit that dude up and it's like okay see the talent's there you're just fighting dumb so Maybe if Johnny, maybe it's a wake up call to Johnny Walker, right? And maybe he writes the ship. 
So the line is deservedly close because the kid's got a wealth of talent. But if he fights how we've seen him, then he has been exposed. Um, Ryan Span, he's won by submission, knockout, and decision. He's well-rounded. He can do he can do everything. And that right in this juncture seems like a foil to Johnny Walker's flashy one-sidedness. I'm pretty sure I saw this good dude fight back when I still watched regional MMA on these LFA fights. Yeah, he had like three fights on there. Like, Bobby, can I just sure. tell you, uh, I had an instinct moment when I was looking up this fight earlier. Uh, I looked at Ryan Span on Wiki. I'm like, this guy's black? And uh, so, yeah, I, I was picturing a white dude I, in my head. I, and if you remember the sure 38. As well. <laughs> man, he, had a, he had a long road here, too, man. Like, he, he was, this dude was like nine and four at one point. He has a loss to Robert Drysdale in there. That means he got choked. That's all it means. All right. Robert Drysdale's there to choke you. Robert Drysdale got busted for steroids. You think LFA or LFC was drug testing Robert Drysdale back then? Um, I think that's it for this one. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, Random Marcos. Um, betting line for this one, Stefan. Uh, pretty close, I believe. Um, we have Mackenzie as the slight favorite at minus 165 to Randa's plus 145. Kind of another coin flip. Uh, Mackenzie came back, uh, bouncing back from her first career loss to get a knee bar about two and a half minutes into her fight with Hannah Cyphers back uh, on that Woodley Burns card. Um, Randa Marcos, you know, Randa Marcos is here to win one and lose one, folks. That's what she's here for. And the last one was a loss. Um, Mark, I'm going to let you decide who picks when. Go ahead. Bobby, you go first. <laughs> See how I did that? See how I did that? I will take... Eh. I don't like picking her to win anything. But Mackenzie Dern, even though the pick one, the win one, lose one thing really lines up for Randa to win this. But fuck it, I'll take Mackenzie Dern. Maybe she got her shit together finally that she's going to be a real contender. Who's There's more people. Mark. Oh, I'm I'm doing everybody. Okay. Uh Steph, you go. Um taking random Marcos. Um look, I don't think Mackenzie Dern is a very good MMA fighter. I, I don't I, 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 think, I don't think I don't I don't think you know that Mark Stefan. <laughs> I've been they, neither of them are that, that good. <laughs> like, neither of them are that good. <laughs> I mean, she granted she's an elite caliber grappler. Takedowns are very suspect, and her punching is fucking wild. Uh Random Marcos has no natural athleticism. She is all grit, determination, and moxie. Um, and that's why she's win one, take one, you know, take one, give one, uh, you know, um, but I, I like miss take a penny, leave a penny. So, uh, you know, that gritty skill set can maybe get by someone who really does not have a well-rounded game. Um, it's really just a matter of, does she get sloppy and lose a scramble to Mackenzie? Um, because Mackenzie isn't good at getting the takedown, but she can capitalize on a sloppy scramble. You, you hang in the clinch a little too long. You take a little stutter step backwards, um, and that's that's really how I see Randa losing. Is she just fucks up in a clinch exchange, and next thing you know, she's getting tapped. But she should actually be better in every other aspect of the fight. Um, I mean, to be clear, wonky, this is decision. Like a of- wonky split decision that's going to go to McKenzie is my kind of feeling since I'm picking Randa. But I like Randa more. Yeah, to be clear, I just I really want Randa to win this. I just I think McKenzie's gonna. I don't know. Well, she'll finally get two losses in a row. Also, Randa's thirty five. I don't know why I thought she was like twenty six. Anyway, oh Mike, what do you got? She got oh whoa whoa whoa! I, I thought we were that's okay. This I was, to I was gonna I was gonna go Mike too, so that, that's totally fine. Lines up. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with Mackenzie Dern. Um, I agree with you, stuff that Marcos. Uh, she basically just uh, 
you know, is fueled with with grit, you know, with uh, with that really emphasized. It's why but, I like her. It was that tough season where they're like, this chick's trying to uh, shit talk me, and I grew up with bombs falling outside my window. So your kind of personal bullshit doesn't really phase me. That's why we like her. It's like she's just a she's a woman who's seen some shit. Yeah. Um, but I think that this Saturday, what she is going to be seeing is someone with with A plus Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in front of her. And one thing I liked uh, that I saw out of Mackenzie Dern's last fight is that she kind of channeled her inner Dani- Damian Maya from a few years back when he decided, fuck all this boxing shit, fuck try to be a kickboxer. I'm going back to using just this straight jits to try to get these wins. And that's what I'm banking that Mackenzie Dern is going to do. She's going to basically just use enough stand-up to get a takedown, and then that'll be all she wrote. Yeah, I'll round us out as Zena starts barking, of course. Um, I got Dern's, too. I think this is a really tough fight uh, because it, it's all going to be... I mean, what's really funny, look at these two girls' Wikipedia pages... When their professional rate, uh, record breakdown, you might notice it's a little thinner than the other ones because there's no knockout section. Neither of them have performed or been knocked out in their careers. And there's about like 40 fights between them, which is kind of insane. Um, mostly, if I had more confidence in Dern's bottom game, it, this would be a very clear uh, pick for her. But I'm really curious. I think Randa might be the stronger wrestler. Does she even want to take it there? How is Bobby? Do you know is Mackenzie Dern's any good off the bottom, or is she total all top jujitsu? Do you have any idea what her wrestling acumen? We know she's great on the ground. I don't know enough about it to know like position she's good at. Is she honestly, good I don't. I don't. I, I thought the only time I ever watched her grapple was when she went on against uh, Gabby Garcia. Okay, so, yeah. So I mean, that was a, that's if, a, if I had more nuanced knowledge of like, oh yeah, like Mackenzie Dern's a fucking beast on the ground. Regardless, she'll get on the bottom and sweep you from half guard, no problem. Like that's just like a, if I had that kind of knowledge of her game, I'd be more confident in picking her because I think this could really be a sloppy stand-up game where yeah, it could just be a weird decision about like who threw the more strikes gets the win. It it, it could be a non-thrilling fight. I hope the, these girls do get to the ground and grapple because I think that they could have some really fun exchanges. I think Mackenzie's going to be stronger there. So um, I am going with Derns here, but I would not be shocked if Randa takes Derns down and just is able to control her and get some rounds that way and gets the nod. Um, That's it, but this card's got some other fights on it, man. This Kevin Holland fight. Uh, Kevin Holland, someone uh, we might want to start paying attention to. Um, 27 years old in... Uh, Fighting in the UFC's, uh, I want to say, middleweight division? I might be wrong here. Uh, middleweight, yeah. Yes, middleweight. middleweight division. Middleweight division. Um, He's having a he... bit of this quarantine streak going. There's a couple of fighters yeah. in this quarantine that are kind of killing it, and he's one of them doing good so far. Yeah, so uh, taking on Darren Stewart um, as the only other fight on the main card here. And he's a pretty decent favorite. He's minus 250. So... You know, biggest favorite on the card looks like it's uh, Mursad Bektik, um, who's taking on, uh, what's this dude's name? Eduardo Gargori. I don't know who he is. That's why he's the biggest favorite on the card. So uh, we lost Mickey Gall, who was on this card, too. They really had loaded this thing up, quite frankly. Um, Tyson Nam, that one gets scrapped. Do they find him another opponent? There's some COVID stuff with him. I don't think Tyson Nam's got a... I don't think... They gave him one. Was it, they said Tyson M's taking on Jerome Rivera. Oh. So I got exci- I got excited for a second. I thought it was Jimmy. I'm like Jimmy fighting. Okay. And I um, thought it was Jerome LeBanner. So who knows? Yeah. 
So, um, Jessica Rose Clark also on here. Andre, Andre Ewell. Uh, people getting paychecks, man, on ESPN+. Plus. Whole thing's on ESPN+, Plus actually, too. All the sports are happening at the same time right now. Every single one. So there's not going to be a lot of like, oh, there's nothing on TV. Let's fucking put UFC it's all on, on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's, everything's on TV. Um, next week, we got Israel Adesanya taking on Paulo Costa and Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blakowicz, which the Wikipedia says it's for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship. Is it? Like it should be, but is it? Vacant, I guess. That's what it says here on Wiki. I don't know. Um, someone see if you can find a poster for this thing. Um, they're real thin after that. Real thin. There's not even a fifth fight in this pay-per-view. Um, all right. Um, let's do stuff we like. Um, I'm just gonna lead off real quickly with a, uh, just quick note about the NFL's half-hearted bullshit attempt of, you know, their social justice thing kind of a joke uh nfl has been terrible about this terrible during the entire colin kaepernick thing using colin kaepernick in a video is, is fucking absurd especially using him kneeling like that's why you guys threw him out of the league basically um eric reed is the best free agent in available in the nfl right now eric reed doesn't have a job it's not an accident eric reed was kneeling right next to kaepernick so nfl can go fuck itself that being said, I had a lot of fun watching football this weekend, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Mostly because I hadn't done fantasy football in a long time, and I don't know anybody's name. And Stefan was looking at my team, and Stefan goes, I don't know any who your wide receivers are. And I'm like, I don't either, man. I'm like, damn, Bobby, I'm we're <laughs> only playing with six teams, so these teams are supposed to be stacked. Why don't I know who any of your wide receivers are? That's just the way it played out, homeboy. Um, the Niners disappointed me. But you know what? I got the fact that Giannis is coming to the Warriors. Believe it, Milwaukee. Believe it. Um, can we talk about Cobra Kai yet? Is that is it? I know we get it. Thought Mike did last week. Mike did last week. Okay. Mike talked. Mike I, talked about I, Cobra Kai a while ago. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I talked about it when it came out on the well, we, well, uh, red. Like and I remember we all made fun of Mike for watching it, and which wasn't fair because we hadn't seen it. I don't now think I've seen I made it. fun of Mike. Oh, I definitely. I did. think it was that just like, like Mike. Like Bobby I was, made fun I was of just like Mike yeah. got YouTube Red. No one's got YouTube Red. What you doing with YouTube Red? I'm, I was the only one with YouTube Red with it besides Mike. Um, now that I've watched the show, look, it's not even a little good. All right, let me oh, just whoa, be clear about that. Whoa. Yo, can I talk? Can I talk? Okay. Mike, you and I planned a third season centered around a Brazilian kid joining their school and beating <laughs> up all these white kids in the first week with arm bars. All right? What's the kid? What's the character's name, Mike? Oh, fuck. What was his name? You uh, said it was Roland, Holland, uh, Holland, uh, uh, Holland Gracie, spelled like so, Roland. <laughs> so I pitched that the way he would be introduced is that roll call um, at the school, the teachers like Roland Gracie. And the guy's like, no, it's pronounced Holland. Holland Gracie. It's a good bit. Yes. And, on, yeah. and, on, and only we would find that funny because yes. no one else knows that Brazilians pronounce their R's like an H. What do you mean? They know about hoist? Look, okay, our fictional version of a third season is better than anything on the show. Um, look, it's very, very watchable. Like, I watched the whole fucking thing in like five days. All two seasons of it, okay? <laughs> And um, 
I don't understand the audience, the attended audience necessarily, because all the kids on the show are the fucking worst. At any moment that the children are on the screen, when they don't, when I don't see Johnny or Daniel, I'm just like, I I don't care. Straight up, that's me. I'm here for the nostalgia part of it. Having a bunch of douchebag kids. Who some of them are the worst actors I've ever seen in my fucking life. There's this kid with a mohawk. Alright? They shouldn't let him film anything. Okay? Ever. He's that bad. But I don't know, man. It's on Netflix. You most of you are at home. It's a real easy watch. I did it while I was cooking, most of what I was watching it. Um, Stefan, your thoughts. <laughs> Man, but I'm gonna be honest. You, you, it's might have been very honest. I'm a, I, I'm accuse you. I feel like you stole my bit on this. You stole my take on this. Uh, because I said to you, the show is not good. It's very low budget. It's eminently watchable, and that my key moral of the story is: don't do karate. Karate makes you an asshole. Like if anybody, whether you're a nerdy kid, you're a cool girl, you're a smart girl, doing karate it just makes you an asshole. That's that's the takeaway of this story. Um, in terms of who's it for, you know, like I don't worry about bad acting in a show like this. Whereas, like, you know, that was a big complaint of mine in Umbrella Academy because to me, Umbrella Academy was trying to be deep, was trying to be serious, but did it poorly. This show knows it's doing it poorly, and that's the hand. Like, listen to the soundtrack; they're using all these. 80s rock songs they're still doing very like satira like you're the best around like they know they're going for the hokey 80s nostalgia kick so i think it's intentionally bad to a degree but it's also low budget so maybe this is the best they could afford you know like but there's there's an intentionality to it it's watchable but yeah everyone kind of sucks like i don't know who i'm rooting for in this show i'm like everyone's really bad like it's supposed to be the johnny lawrence redemption story but he's still Really bad, like his son. His son I'm rooting has a for bad Dan- childhood, but his son I'm rooting for nuts. Daniel's wife. That's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, because she's done lady. nothing wrong. She's done nothing wrong. All right, she's just trying to run a business with her husband. And this I, motherfucker I like decides that. it's like decides he's a fucking sensei on a Tuesday, and he just leaves. I will share um, my favorite bit from the whole show is um, when Daniel does a ad for the Miyagi Dojo. And then the following day, this is some good, this is a good woke politic joke, is uh, he gets accused of a cultural appropriation for doing the Miyagi Dojo. And he's like, they're saying the song I use is really stereotypical. I'm like, that was Mr. Miyagi's favorite song. And they're calling me, they're calling me Daniel the racist. And like, that's, that's it for me. That, that right there, that joke alone sold the entire show. Um, it's, it's, yeah, like you say, Bob, it's not good, but it's so watchable. That I'll get, I'm only I'm only I think I'm just on the second season. Um, I had no idea that there, it was short, like ten episodes. I was like, "What are they doing with this martial art tournament?" Like three minutes into it, fucking kid takes two lessons and he comes out in a black belt. I'm like, "What the fuck are McDojos are these?" But um, Look, you got you got the same belt that Mr. Miyagi gave J.C. Penny. Was it five dollars? Was this joke from the original Karate Kid? Something like that. But um, that sounds familiar, right? I'm not talking out my ass. Where he said he's been a while. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm looking for Mark to back me up here. He's on the movie. I haven't seen Karate Kid in like a couple decades. Uh, You're the you're the only one who dressed up as a character from that movie. Dressed up as a bad guy, and I I think he deserved his black belt. (laughs) I think he went through the belt system accurately. What was the uh, how about your mother? 
where he said the real hero is Johnny Lawrence. He actually learned that shit. By the way, there's like no fucking Asian kids in this show except for like the first episode where the Asian kid gets tuned up by the by the uh, Mexican kid once the Mexican kid learns karate. There's like there's like they make a whole club of kids doing karate. They ain't one Asian kid there. All right, not one. No, right? it makes sense for their their region. Um, I mean that's another it's thing. It's Los Angeles. I like, I what like do about you the mean? about it is like they talk in very eighties terms. I remember like the guy was talking to his friend at the beach. Like, man, now that you won the Mid Valley tournament, you can get any girl in the valley that you want. And I'm like, yep, that's how politics work in the valley. You won the local regional martial arts tournament. Every girl wants to talk to you now. Now, it's, I I love this I love this show, but I did have a conversation with Bobby where we pointed out the ludicrous things that are in this show. One of them was our whole bit on, you know, skinny Brazilian kid comes and just tunes up on all these guys <laughs> with like blue belt level jujitsu. Um but there are some other things that I, I find pretty, pretty laughable here. Um, you know, basically any TV show or movie you watch, there's a certain amount of suspended belief, right? Like you, you, you're just you're going into the world like, all right, I'm just gonna assume this is true. Let me tell you this: it is more believable that in a galaxy far, far away, there are laser swords and a bunch of different bipedal sentient aliens. That is more believable than in los angeles someone who won a infinitely regional karate tournament in 1984 is still using that as a point of fame well let me say this mike as someone as someone who mike as someone who works with car dealerships that part i bought okay the guy runs a dealership and he talks about his karate shit i bought that part that's the only part i bought but that People come into the store like, yo, you're that guy in 1984 okay. who won the All-Valley Karate Tournament. That I just, this whole this concept where all the kids are doing karate, I'm just like, dude, this all these kids are on TikTok. None of them are doing karate. Or, or, <laughs> or, or the other part I found amazing, and I think I was talking with either you or, or, or our friend Sal about this, that all of these kids are really fucking good at karate after about two months three months of lessons yeah and anyone who took a martial art in particular karate you can bear in three months you barely memorize three katas let alone you could do all the high hot shit they're doing yeah the kid the kid with the mohawk should not be in tv shows (laughs) (laughs) and also the tough girl from season two all right with the 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 new tough girl in season two holy shit she's bad and then i learned uh, what is her name? Allie with a Y or Charlie with a Y? Tori with a Y. Tori with a Y. There we go. Yeah. And I, I'm just like, who is this girl? And I looked, it's like, she's like the most famous person on the show, apparently. Like, she was like from the Disney Channel, and she got like 15 million Instagram followers, and I'm like, oh, that's why they added her. Okay. She, I mean, she's not even like the third lead, though. I don't know how she signed up for this. Yeah. I, I'm, you root for Daniel's wife, Stefan. That's the only person on this show where you're like, yeah, okay, she did nothing wrong on any level. She's the one. Everyone's everyone's really trashy, but it's hokey. It's meant to be 80s hokey. It fits right yeah. into the original like canon. That's really all I had. I watched the fourth episode of uh, the whatever, of the boys, but I'm, I figure we just wait till the end till we talk about that thing. To wait till the end of the show, because this isn't going to be the weekly boys update. 
Anyway, uh, Steph, what do you got this week? Oh, we kind of touched on all of them. I, like you said, I kind of just started on uh, Cobra Kai finally. Um, I uh, finally I got access to uh, HBO Max account, so um, I haven't started really, but I'm planning to go through a couple shows. Um, I know Mark checked out at least the first episode, uh, Lovecraft County, um, Raised by Wolves. I have no idea what the premise is. I've been hearing really, really good things. My brother um, gave a strong pitch for it. Uh, he said he found the first half hour excruciatingly boring that he stopped watching it uh but he came back a couple hours later and he's like holy shit the second half and so um but i've seen good reviews i don't know the premise so um i'm gonna go in blind on that one so i'll tell you about it next week so playing for crusader kings um i'm in the middle of a three-way civil war with my two half brothers um and i thought i was doing so well i lowered taxes i built farms we had food uh it is hard being a ruler in 10th century ireland um yeah, it's my birthday today. Uh, just pampering myself. Uh, I said I got a massage, got a good coffee from my favorite cafe, got some breakfast from my favorite diner, got some Korean fried chicken and poke for dinner that I'm going to uh, go to town on after this podcast. It's birthdays in the times of COVID are weird, man. You know, I'm, and I exactly get to see a lot of people. Um, really just happy for little things. The sky wasn't orange today. Um, fucking it's been hell in California for my friends here. I uh, went to school in Oregon. My friend's there. Um, shit's really real right now out there. And it, it, it's really just dire times after dire times. Um, so nowadays, it's just really these little things that you got to really enjoy and appreciate. Um, and I'm doing that to my fullest. Got my pups with me. Um, not much more else I could ask for on my birthday. Um, Mike, what do you have? Something I touched on before the podcast started, um, something I wrote in my Instagram post earlier today, 2020, you know, let's just say the last 12 months, they, they haven't been great, you know, shit just keeps happening, it's been sad, but you know what, all of that has been washed away in the glorious news that fell from the sky like, like, like mana, the Mets have been sold. The Will Ponds will no longer be a thorn in my tuchus when it comes to my fandom. Steve Cohen, a.k.a. Bobby motherfucking Axelrod, will be the new owner of the New York Mets. And that dude's got billions. So I expect us to be like the Yankees in the late 90s, early 2000s, just throwing money after money after money at bad free agents. I expect us not to win a World Series because we're still the Mets, but at least we'll have more hope. Bobby Axelrod is the is the main character from the show Billions. Well, one of the two main characters, and Steve Cohen was the basis for which that character was structured. Mark, yeah, I'll do some stuff real fast. So, um, big game coming out this week is probably uh, Super Mario 3D All Stars, which was rumored for a really long time, and I think they just announced it last week or two weeks ago on kind of a surprise Nintendo Direct. Uh, this game will contain Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. Oddly enough, Mario Galaxy 2 was left out of the mix, but they also announced that the Super Mario Brothers Wii U game, which I think was Super Mario Brothers 3D World, is also coming out for Switch uh, later next year. Um, so basically, with this package and... Uh, Oh, crap. What was the one that just came out? Odyssey, 
um, and the 3D World game, you basically have all the 3D Mario games are going to be playable on the Switch, which I think is really cool. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Also, when you're listening to this on Tuesday, on a Wednesday, uh, Sony is going to have another, uh, oh, I don't know what they call their little directs or whatever. They're going to have a video presentation. We're going to be talking more about the PS5. Now that uh, Microsoft has revealed their plans for next gen with the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, which is oh, so confusing keeping all this stuff together. And the price points at $399 and $499. No, $299 and $499. Um, it's kind of time for Sony to basically tell us um, you know, uh, the date, uh, which Microsoft has November 10th is when they're launching their consoles. So I expect on Wednesday we'll have a date and a price and a better idea of what's um, coming out on launch. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, and then for my recommendation, I've actually been watching a show on Netflix as well, but I've actually been enjoying it, not begrudgingly, just because it's watchable, because it's actually I think it's quite good. Um, there's an anime called The Great Pretender, and uh, our friend of the show, Eddie, who made our logo, he he told me about it, and he said, like, oh, it's Cowboy, Cowboy, uh, Cowboy Bebop-esque, or like, and mostly the opening, they just kind of did an homage to Cowboy Bebop, which is really just an homage to those old um, Bond openings, kind of, but with more of a jazzy kind of uh, fit. So I watched the first episode. I thought it was good. Um, and then I was like, well, let me see if I can rope Christine in this, if she'd like it too. And we watched the first episode again. She liked it. We've watched the first 10 episodes, and I think it's a 14-episode season. Um, and I really like it. It's basically about kind of like con artists doing these big con jobs um to like these crooks and i'll say what i do like about this anime that's kind of a dying breed is it does seem like a lot of current uh anime japanese animated shows are going like this 3d model route where basically it seems a lot less hand-drawn stuff and more of like kind of cg 3d model s which i have to assume is just a lot easier to produce um, but this show is all drawn. It's all animated, which I which I actually find really appealing because it seems to be somewhat of a, of a dying breed nowadays. Um, but more so than that, it's just a really fun show. Um, it, it has all the makings of kind of like your heist movies where you're not really in on what's going on. And there's lots of twists and turns and what's going to happen next. It's, it's a very exciting show. I definitely recommend it. I think it's been getting a lot of heat. I've been seeing it mentioned outside of just Eddie mentioning it to me. I've seen a lot of What did you watch it on? It's on Netflix. It's one of their Netflix original whatevers. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I totally recommend it. The Great Pretender. Um, since you mentioned Eddie, I want to chime in uh, something I like this week. Uh, that comes from Eddie. Uh, one of the best out of the blue texts I got this weekend was from our dear friend Eddie. And it read, um, Chris Evans is trending on Twitter due to some leaked nudes. And so we just made some That's America's Dick jokes and uh, didn't see the leaked photos. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure that butts is great. <laughs> All right, um, be back next week. If you're listening, looking at something to listen to, the Anxious Millennial Cowboy Twitter uh, playlist on Spotify exists. And I'm not the biggest country guy in the world, but I enjoy listening to it. What is country what music without sad cowboy songs? I mean, we're leading it off with a gay country singer as the uh, you know Orville Peck is the leadoff song of the playlist. You know, uh, Hangman Page is a progressive cowboy. All right, he's on board. Anyway, that's it this week. Uh, I'll be back next week. We're going to talk about the pay per view. Um, we'll see if Woodley finds we'll find a way to get it done here. More realistically, we're going to talk about how the fight played out the way most of the way we all thought it was going to play out. But this is a good card, folks. So if you're paying for ESPN Plus, 
this seems like a, as good a time as any to utilize it. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was Kit Presentable. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. Thank you all very much for listening. Happy birthday to our boy here, Kid Presentable. And see you all next week. See ya. Cheers. Cheers.